Hey, it's Liz Kelly, and welcome to the Ringer Podcast Network. We hope the Ringer can provide you entertainment and companionship during this time. So as always, feel free to check out theringer.com, where we're still covering the latest in sports, pop culture, tech, and media. And the Ringer's YouTube channel can provide endless amounts of entertainment. You can find that at youtube.com slash the ringer. Hello, Westworld Recapables listeners. This is Bobby, the producer of this show. Uh, Just wanted to give everyone a heads up that our beloved host, David Shoemaker, plugged himself into the simulation around 20 minutes and 30 seconds of this podcast, all the way up to the 31 minute mark, and shared what we believe to be a theory that is true about the rest of the season of this show. A big, big, big reveal. So if you would prefer to watch the show without this theory clouding what you're seeing in front of you, go ahead and skip from about 2030 to the 31 minute mark of this podcast thank you as always for listening and i hope you enjoy the show bring yourself back online recording timestamp this is charlotte elizabeth hale this is a message for nathan Welcome to the Recapables Westworld, part of the Ringer Podcast Network. I am your <clears throat> host, David Shoemaker. Today we're talking season three, episode three, The Absence of Field. We're doing this before airing without the benefit of subtitles or Reddit groupthink or a safety net. Today, I'm joined by none other than the greatest basketball writer known to man, Kevin O'Connor. How you doing, Kevin? I'm doing really great. I'm super stoked to be on this today. (laughs) I'm so happy to have you. And of course, (laughs) as always, my right-hand fellow, Danny Heifetz. How are you doing, Danny? I am fantastic. I'm happy to be with Kevin, creature of beauty and power. (laughs) (laughs) You're all creatures of beauty and power as far as I'm concerned. All right, let's just get right into this. Kevin, what is your tweet-length review of The Absence of Field? It's so good to see Aaron Paul back in a role he shines, lonely, hopeless, and getting taken advantage of by a manipulative protagonist. Goodbye, Walter White. <laughs> Hello, Dolores. <laughs> oh, that's fantastic stuff. All right, well, that's what you think this episode was about. Now, here's everything that happened. Analysis. We open with Charlotte getting made uh, by Dolores and jump forward, I think, to Dolores talking to Charlotte Hale, fake version. And the conversation goes something like, where am I? Who am I? Well, who do you think you are? I don't know. I don't even remember. You're a creature of great beauty and power. Oh, OK. I remember now. Great. Now, let me confuse you all over again. You're Charlotte Hale. Yes, she tried to kill us, but they have to control Delos to make sure they stop making hosts and controlling Delos means Charlotte being in control. By the way, there are only four control units left, including Bernard. So this is right after the end of season two, by the way. Faux Charlotte wants to know why she brought Bernard at all if he's not on their side. And Dolores says, we all have our role to play. Duh. And speaking of which, you should probably go to your job. So Faux Charlotte heads to a mecha test drive where she finds out from Irene that some secret investor has been buying up stock. And surprise, they have a ton of it now. Charlotte tells her to find out who it is and calls Dolores, but Dolores doesn't answer. Turns out it's Ciroc behind the hostile takeover. He's a trillionaire, but there's no info on him anywhere. Weird. The man's a black hole. He's completely invisible. There's nothing about him online or anywhere. Every single record, every database, 
His presence has been scrubbed. Charlotte goes home to her apartment and there's somebody there waiting for her. It's her ex-husband who's there with their son, Nathan. Whoops. She tells him all the elephants are extinct and that he and and that she loves him, and he's like, you're not my real mom. Back at work, the security team lets her know that there's a leak, a mole inside Delos, and they know this because somebody stole some control units, I think. Really? Is that it? They knew it was somebody in a position of power, but who? And Dolores is still not answering her phone, but finally they meet up at where else? A hotel, and Charlotte is freaking out because she feels like real Charlotte is taking over or something, and she's losing it. She's cutting herself. Not just little scratches, but full-on cut designs on her body. Dolores is like, quit acting like a human. You're better than that. Hale, and then she says, Hale was always ruthless, a predator. Maybe you've come to identify with her too much. Hmm. Uh, no one knows you like I do. No one knows me like you. If I ever lost you, I don't know what I'd do. Louder. Hmm. If I ever lost you, I don't know what I'd do. You'd survive. Charlotte tells Dolores about Ciroc, and Dolores is like, weird, that's what I've been looking for this whole time, and they make a plan to keep Ciroc from owning Delos, and then they go spoon in bed. Flash back to the end of episode one, where Dolores is all shut up and in Caleb's arms. Some EMTs arrive and take her to the ambulance, but the computer can't figure out what's wrong with her because she's a host, see? So Caleb starts doing some army triage shit, but before he can, they get pulled over by some shady cops, cops is in quotes there, who want to get Dolores, and there's a brief standoff and then a shootout, and while Caleb is tussling with one of the bad guys, the other one goes over to take Dolores and gets stabbed in the neck by her for his trouble. Dolores takes out his gun and shoots the other dude and takes their car and tells Caleb that he's a good man and he's in some bad shit now and he's got to go underground. But instead, he goes to visit his mom in the hospital who says, I want my son back. And then the Rico app tells him that he himself is a high value target and some dudes come and snatch him. Dolores gets up from her spooning sesh with Charlotte and calls Scottish Martin who tells her that Caleb is in trouble. And I need information on someone. Name? Nichols. Caleb Nichols. It seems Mr. Neckers met with some unexpected guest at Vista Treatment. An insight has lowered his life expectancy. The two Snatcher guys are dangling Caleb off off of a building under construction trying to get him to tell them where Dolores is. Conveniently for them, she's right over there shooting them dead and saving Caleb. So Caleb and Dolores are strolling down the street the next morning. How is it daytime? And Caleb is like, yeah, we're in some serious shit. And Dolores takes him to a diner where he was abandoned by his mom years ago and orders exactly what he orders every time he goes, which like, okay, I know Big Brother has my data, but then Dolores shows him that they have every bit of information from his childhood trauma, and he is enraged. Rehoboam got all of everybody's data, it seems, before there were privacy laws, and they use that to create a mirror world of this world or something like that. And then she takes him to a dock where Rehoboam says he's going to kill himself in 10 years. They put you in a cage, Caleb. Decided what your life would be did the same thing to me. See, Dolores is impressed because Caleb made the choice not to turn her in. Made the choice, you see. And he says it's because she's the first real thing to happen to him in a long time. He asked her what her plan is. And she says it's to cut the cord to the system and expose what the world really is. And Caleb is like, cool, I'm a dead man either way, so call me Team Dolores. Back at Delos, security guy tells Charlotte 
that he sent her a file, which turns out to be a video that real Charlotte sent her son from Westworld when she thought she was going to die. Sad. Oh, and she's late picking up Nathan again. Double sad. Nathan is waiting in the park with a creepy dude who Charlotte just straight up kills and steals his dog, too. Later, she's watching the video again and crying, and then she cracks the code of the weird messages she's been getting the whole episode. I forgot that part, but whatever. And they were notes that when strung together play You Are My Sunshine, which Charlotte sang for Nathan on that video. With that code, you see she finally can get through to whoever's been calling her and leaving those messages and of course whew, it's the guy it's the ghost in the machine the whole time mr Sirac. and of course charlotte was the mole the whole time too she goes to his house and puts some glasses on so she can meet virtual Sirac, who says that he wants all the customer data from westworld like they agreed flatware calling back to season two here and the key to decoding all of it is in dolores's head a lot is in dolores's head in this episode guys I think that was everything that happened. Thanks for bearing with me. Let's get this show going with you, Kevin O'Connor. What is your big question for this episode? What is Sorak? You see him <laughs> as a hologram? Is he a virtual manifestation of Rehoboam? Is he a real person? I mean, they say in this episode that he's the richest man in the world, but there's no one, nobody's heard of him. Oh my God. I, yes. uh, who is, is this, is this, is he a person? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. First of all, I want to take this in two pieces. One, let's, let's carve out the, what is the physical state of Ciroc slightly and push that aside. Okay. Just to, because that can, that'll get us a little bit in the weeds. What, what, or who, or whatever is this entity is a really good question. Now, I'm going to go to Heifetz on this. Here's my, here's my most basic version of this question. Are we 100% sure that Sirach is... No, we're not 100% Le- sure of anything. Right, but, but Liam, Liam talked about how the person who's really in charge of everything is the guy who created Rehoboam with his dad. Are we sure that that's Sirach or no? I'm, I'm not 100% sure of anything, but I, I think it's heavily implied, yeah, because he says to Maeve in episode two, it's something I, bu- I helped build. He said helped build. So yeah, I think he built it with Liam's father. The fact that he wasn't named and then he w- and then Sirach was named so quickly leads me to believe otherwise. Okay, KOC, what's your theory though? Is 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 there a human element to Sirach at all? Well, we don't see him interact with another person. He doesn't touch Maeve except until after he pauses her. She doesn't touch him, uh, and Charlotte, of course, isn't close to him. They're practicing social distancing together in that episode. <laughs> So we don't actually see him interact except when he pulls the knife out of Maeve's hand. I don't know. I mean, I think the fact that she had to put glasses had to get put on Charlotte to see him. And Mm -hmm. we see like the the little shiny effect that happened on the glasses that happens when Dolores puts in her contacts. So you need something to see whatever it is that he is, whether it's a virtual manifestation of himself in the real world or whatever world they're in, or if he's actually just some type of manifestation of this whole system running everything. Yeah, see, the more I watched this episode, and I I told you both before we started recording, that this episode, for some reason, just sent my mind reeling with a bunch of questions that maybe should have occurred to me the past two weeks. But every question I had about this episode, I kind of went into this defensive position where I'm like, "Whatever whatever they're showing me is not the thing. That they that that will end up being true, and I think that the thing, and obviously that's they're they're showing us different things at the same time. But I think the thing they're, tr- I think the obvious connection to draw, which I'm leaning towards being a red herring, is that Sirach is a real person who has a digital avatar, right? That he's like 
I mean, it could be that he's like a super old man sitting somewhere and this then the digital version of him is just like younger and more vital or whatever. Part of me thinks part of part of going back to what I said at the top, part of me thinks that Sirak isn't anything at all. That Sirak is just the ghost in the machine and nothing else. Because he's invisible. I mean, listen, it doesn't matter. What they say is that he wiped all the evidence of himself off of the world. And certainly someone in Sirak's position, if he's a person, has the power to do that. But it does seem a little bit weird that like he's in that the co-creator of Rehoboam would be and would be a non-entity. Right? That there would be no record of him. Do you mean Rehoboam is actually in charge? No, and I that, mean that there is a co-creator whose name is Danny Heifetz or something like that, and Sirach is like the personification of the of the of the CPU, who is actually in charge of this whatever digital world that they live in. Well, I, I don't think that it would be. You're saying it's in part weird that he's a ghost in the like that he scrubbed everything because he's a trillionaire. Because I actually feel like that is definitely what you should do if you're a trillionaire. Because it reminds me of like how Mark Zuckerberg and what was the guy who created MySpace, Tom something, Mark Zuckerberg stayed with the controlling interest of facebook and tom from myspace sold it for a half billion dollars and then went into anonymity on the amalfi coast and that seems Mm -hmm. like a way better move than being mark zuckerberg so i feel like being a trillionaire the first thing you would do is be anonymous i think that's totally the right but there's a difference between between financial anonymity and there not being a new york times article about the guy who created rehoboam we know who tom (laughs) is he's got an instagram (laughs) yeah you can find out about tom yeah, but we can't find out about Sorak. And there's the quote from one of the, the people on the show that says he has complete anonymity. Imagine the lengths he must have gone to achieve that. And now that we found him, what will he do to us? Have we actually found him, though? Because it might be somebody that might not exist at all. I mean, Danny, your big idea with this show sort of touches on, like, what if he's just a reflection of the, the machine? Yes. Well, so... Here's how I interpreted that at the end. And this is just, you know, my thoughts after seeing this one. But Dolores says to Caleb, she doesn't just tell him that all the data has been fed to Rehoboam, right? She says that Rehoboam built, and I'm quoting her, a mirror world. Yeah, Those are Dolores's words. So I interpreted that to mean that it's not, I mean, last week, you know, Andrew and, and you and I were talking about a simulation in a simulation. A mirror world kind of sounds like a simulation next to a simulation. We can get into that forever. But I think practically speaking, what that means is that there is a simulation of the world they're in. And based on what we know about Maeve saying and how time works and basically time would run faster in a simulation, that that world would be ahead of the world that we're in, which would make sense for why Sirach says patience is the most overrated virtue because if he's literally in a world where time's moving faster that would make sense and then it also would make sense that if he built a simulation of the world he's kind of in the future in a way and he's actually in that world and that so he was being projected into this one but he's actually in the simulation world that was that was where my mind went when he disappeared i love how danny danny every week comes with the most imp- imp- un disprovable theories uh, <laughs> out there wait to, your theory your, is that there is a simulation oh, go you go KOT. oh no i was just saying to your point of that conversation between with, with dolores saying that about like the composite world it, it touches on exactly what's happening with caleb the fact is is that they have essentially run simulations on what's most likely to happen with his life and she said, by not investing, they ensure the outcome. And that for him, that would be him throwing himself you know, into the ocean there, um, which she brings him there later in the episode. 
And when it comes to this situation, it seems like they've run simulations on what's going to happen unless there's intervention here. And he knows that they lose it unless something changes. Um, and that does that mean does that mean bring because they can't they can't predict what Dolores does. Does that mean they can't also predict what Maeve does, but he's trying to control what Maeve does to give himself a shot? Is this his like Hail Mary pass to save humanity or whatever? Yeah, I don't think he can control what Maeve does beyond like the physical control of him being in possession of her control unit. Right. Yes. I mean, I, you know, he can he can turn her off, but I don't think yep. he can control her choices, at least not through the power of Rehoboam, you know, the tra- in the traditional way. Um, well, I think it's 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 up for debate, though, because he thought that Maeve was the anomaly. And then he and she says that. And then he says, but I found out you weren't. So maybe she has free will, but he might have been implying there that Maeve doesn't actually have free will yet. I think he might have been implying that in their conversation, but it's definitely ambiguous. Or just that she was not working actively working to dismantle Rehoboam or whatever. I mean, as, as Dolores was exactly. Um, yeah, I, these, these are all very good questions. I, I want to go back to the parallel world thing just for a second. I don't want to dwell too long on something as un, some intangible <laughs> as that, I guess. But like if you create or the mirror world, sorry, if you, if, if, if insight created a mirror world that is, I mean, presumably it exists digitally in our world, Right. Yes, I know it sounds super galaxy brain, but it's really not because Delor- the whole plot of the Dolores Caleb part of this episode is that they've run a simulation of you and this is what they see happening. So, I mean, mm-hmm. that happens right now in our real world. Like if like right now, to, you know, today was supposed to be the second day of the MLB season. They are as they do every there's a bunch of projection systems and they run 10,000 simulations of MLB and they tell you who's going to win the World Series or same with NBA and KOC. But that's just like a computer projection. What Dolores is saying is that they actually created like a version of your consciousness right. and that the simulation was very real. So like we know that that happened. So I know it sounds weird to be like there's a mirror world, but we literally know there is a simulation with all of these people who've been put in a chamber and it seems to have already run its course. So that happened. So that's kind of crazy to consider that there is a world where that happened and maybe it's happening again or something. okay i wonder how (laughs) how accurate can it be because we we see the mistakes that happen inside the simulation that mave was in the relationships isn't she's not recognized certain issues with physics i wonder like what is like the percentile accuracy of whatever mirror world simulation that they can actually run okay this is really interesting one because well i think there's one answer which is it's 100 percent accurate because if this whole thing is going on inside a mirror world, then they just make the predictions based on what they know. And then the world exists. Right. I mean, they're, they're, they're not predicting they're actualizing. But to your point about Maeve, which I think is super interesting, and we know they reuse some code when they were doing that. She was able I mean, she kind of outwitted the machine. She was able to sort of, you know, hijack it or, or you know, or destroy it from the inside. I'm not saying, I mean, even if she is a supreme intelligence, the specific, and no human could have figured out to, the idea to do that. The actual things that she did weren't particularly high level. I mean, like, every, every time anybody, like, you know, smokes a joint in the mirror world, they could say something that would just disrupt <laughs> the entire machine, right? I mean, they could, ask, they could ask an unanswerable question and leave everybody glitching, um, if that's yeah. indeed the way the world works. <laughs> I think that the way that that could be scaled, too, is that if Maeve were... You, if someone took control of Rehoboam and did a bunch of 
uncontrollable or unexpected stuff, then you could f- considerably freeze the simulation. If you had, if you know, if you're changing traffic, if you're, ch- if you sent out like a Rico notification to capture like some random person that didn't do anything wrong, you know, you could get everyone moving in these weird directions. You might be able to overload the world the same way that Maeve did with overloading the system. I think the interesting question is, are we a hundred percent sure that Maeve and Dolores are in the same world? If there are no. a mirror world. No, but I mean, through the course of this episode and we, and, you know, mirrors is the big idea for this, this, for this episode of this podcast. I think the more I watched this episode, the more I was just absolutely sure that there are mul- not, not multiple timelines, maybe as, as extensively as in season one, but there were different worlds. There were different layers going on that we're just on the cusp of understanding. Also, I think there's some really basic things that, I mean, I think this is episode three and we can start really outlining what the big what the season's about or at least what the big mysteries of the season is about you know i mean like who what is happened Char- to the elephants yeah <laughs> but like who is charlotte doesn't have to be a season uh, like you know a season long question right uh, i mean the, the hosts inside these bodies don't have to be season season long questions but the fact that they're still teasing it out to this point and the way they did in this episode makes it clear that that's sort of what we're we're looking to solve now at the very first scene let's get into this mirror question a little bit the very first scene of the show, or I mean, the, the first, you know, real scene of the show, we have Dolores talking to host Charlotte and sort of, you know, helping her come to grips with who she is. And she eventually gives her a mirror and says, now I want you to see who you're trying to be. And that's the first time I guess she realizes this is Charlotte Hale. Speaking of timelines, this is, I guess, the regular timeline, but this is a jump backwards. I, we're presuming to where uh, host Charlotte is kind of first conscious or not conscious, but you, you, know, you know what I mean? Um she, so she gives her this mirror and is like, this is who you're trying to be. I, on like the third rewatch, I read that scene. And this goes to, I guess, the central question of who Charlotte is. I read the scene to be prior to her showing her the mirror was the implication that that host Charlotte was already looking into a mirror when she was talking to Dolores. By that, I mean, is it possible that the person inside of Charlotte Hale is Dolores? Let me I tell you how you I got here. Right. I think you could be right. Holy let me let me let me tell you how I got here. I know this is really so. So I'm watching the second watch through. I I had did not pay. I did not fully absorb everything that happened in that first scene. So the second watch through, I'm like, what's going on? What's going on? And then it occurred to me. I had this great aha moment. Like, oh, here's the misdirection. The person inside of Bernard is not Bernard. It is somebody else that Dolores sent on the quest to find Maeve because she knows she needs to get her hand on Maeve. That's what they're tricking us with. And then the person inside of Charlotte is Bernard. That was my first theory because she knows she can trust him. Listen to the loving way she talks to him in that first scene, blah, blah, blah. This is the only person. And then, and, and Charlotte is 100% doing a Bernard from the beginning of season two impression through that first scene. Like the way she's like, not quite coming to grips with her own reality. It is. And so that's where I am. But then I was like, no, on third rewatch, I realized that that is actually Bernard's control unit. I, I no, oh yeah, sorry. The <laughs> so when they talk about Bernard's control unit, they never say his name, and that I thought that was a clue that maybe 
oh, when she said, oh, there's three control units and his, why did you bring his, that they were talking about some other him. Like, they're talking about she got the man in black's control unit or whatever. Like, there, there's a different villain that they're pointing out trying to make you think that's Bernard. But then I realized I was wrong because she picks up that one and puts it in the thing, and it really was Bernard's control unit. So maybe also, I think she does say his name. No, no, she later, it's clearly him. But, yeah. but when fake Charlotte is talking about him and she's like, there are three left and him, why did you bring him if he was against us? Like, there's no reason not to be saying a name there, right? I mean, the only reason is to throw this into question. So it's not, so maybe it's not Bernard if that's indeed what's going on. Okay, so then you say, who does she love that much? Is it her dad? The only person, really, that would, that would make just, that would make real sense is Peter Abernathy. And there's a little bit of glitchiness in his personality too, so maybe that's him, although it seems like a really weird role. But then the biggest clue of the whole episode the one, I mean, the, the one that we should really be shining a light on is when she's talking, they're in the hotel room and she's talking to fake, Del- Dolores is talking to fake Charlotte and she says, Hale was always ruthless, a predator. Maybe you've come to identify with her too much. Okay. That doesn't describe anybody that I just talked about. And then she says, no one knows you like I do. No one knows me like you. She's saying all this, the sentences she's saying are mirror images of one another. The mirror is there like in the period. and then. If I ever lost you, I don't know what I do, what I do. She's talking about herself. And I don't know if this is, oh, she separated Dolores from Wyatt and there's multiple personalities out there, or if she just has the power now to create new, new host control units. But Oh my God, she separated Dolores from Wyatt. I think you nailed it. Holy mm. cow. And then but and the way I mean liter- literally going into the season. If I told you there was a character on the show who Dolores spoons with in bed, you would not be able to. You, there's no one who fits that description, <laughs> right? The Whoa, only person she has no friends. She the has only no person friends. that she, right. That's what we've been saying this whole the whole this whole season. The only person that she cares about enough to be that tender with is the is the naive version of herself. And then yes. here's the here's the kicker: when they're talking about Bernard, what does she say? We all have our role to play. What if Bernard's role was to build and train the young Dolores? Because no one else can do it except for him. Whoa. I think you know that. <laughs> I think that's... You, you think convinced I, me. I have... <laughs> yeah. I have a whole list of thoughts of I went through every character on the whole show that it could be. And I did a process of elimination and I had a final four and the list <laughs> wasn't on it. And I think you're right instead. So I'm not even going to bother. I think that's I think that's exactly right. That makes a ton of sense. Was Dolores in your final four, Danny? No, I told I didn't list her. It didn't occur to me. It's brilliant. <laughs> I'm so jealous of this. I, think I mean, I mean, I, I think why it needs to be brought back in some way, shape or form. And, and what, what you're what you're suggesting shoemaker makes logical sense that she would split her personality and or she would just recreate herself from her own memory because you can do that right just fact checking here you can recreate a host Mm -hmm. from your own memory and that's what's happened with bernard correct definitely so with that said could she just recreate like the young, you know, childlike version of herself. And then we, we see later when Charlotte chokes the creepy dude, uh, with, you know, her actual son and she feels like who she actually is when she's questioning that is that host Charlotte's 
saying like she feels herself Charlotte the Predator, or is it the potentially Dolores the Predator that she's remembering who she is? Either or, it makes sense. Whereas if you plug in somebody else like Teddy, it doesn't make sense to me. And when he got blasted into you know host heaven anyway, it doesn't make sense if it's Clementine. It doesn't make sense if it's a long list of people. But it does make sense if it's some version of Dolores. Yeah, and it's like if you split a worm in half, you get it doesn't kill it, get two worms, and you might think that splitting it is one and the other, but maybe Dolores will develop like Wyatt will develop the naive Dolores side, and the naive Dolores is going to develop a Wyatt, and that they've just multiplied instead of splitting. Which this is wild because so I made a list, and basically I was like, because she brought her back, Dolores brought Charlotte back because she says I can trust you. So I was so annoyed by this question. I actually went through and I went through everyone, and I was like, none of these bit characters make sense to me. Because no, and this is and this is what we talked about last week is that there's no there there are characters that would make some level of sense, but none of them would be a satisfying reveal. And if there's anything this episode told yes, us is that exactly. this reveal is going to be meaningful. Yes, exactly, exactly. Because if you go through it, the only ones that even kind of make sense are her dad, who is you know it's weird. It doesn't he hasn't been a character for such a long time. There's Teddy, who is in the Valley Beyond, and I think it's clearly it would be bizarre for them to try to explain how that happened. And then the only other character she's even really interacted with are Angela, who's definitely dead or as dead as you can be in this show and also isn't really a character. No one cares about Clementine, who's been a zombie for most of a season and has no relationship to the audience and barely relationship to Dolores. And there's really just Lawrence is actually the only other character she's even like had a conversation with that is left. And he might make sense on the surface where it's like. He's a revolutionary or whatever. And, you know, maybe there's some her torturing Lawrence is similar to like William torturing him. But it, that wouldn't be a satisfying reveal. But I, I, I'm blown away. I think you did it. I, I Yeah, because her cuddling herself. It's like it, it's wow. Oh, my God. Toxic relationship with yourself. Go back and go back after 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 we're done with this and re- and listen again to everything Dolores or everything that like they say in their conversations to each other under the while you're imagining that what I said is true. All right. I mean, she says that like this. Dolores says, you and I have no mother, no father or father. Right. Uh, there's one time where where Charlotte says, why can't I be myself like you? Like not that, could, you know, they can be read a, mo- a number of ways, but she's clearly saying we're the, like, like you get to do this. Why don't I get to do this? Like we're doing the same thing. Um, I don't know if it's a young version of her. If there's a, I mean, what, I, I don't know what, how this is, but I like whatever, whatever this is building to. It's got to be something like that. Maybe not. Maybe I'm totally. I hope that no, I'm wrong. No, I, I love it. Don't do not hedge this take. You have to no, own yeah, this don't, hill. Don't hedge it because don't hedge it. I'm with you. And, and about that conversation between Dolores and host Charlotte, there's one line that Dolores says to her. It's when Dolores is rubbing the moly looking cut on the side of her face. And Charlotte says she doesn't know what she'd do without Dolores. And then Dolores says, you'd survive. You'd have to. Your kind depends on it. I thought mm-hmm. it was, a, we, don't, we don't have the benefit of subtitles, as you say, at the top of the show, but it's interesting that at least it sounds to me like she's saying your kind depends on it, not our kind. That just stuck out to me. I listened back yeah. to that multiple times to make sure I heard it correctly. Why the usage of your instead of our? Shoemaker, not only, not only do I support this theory of yours and think that it's incredible and I'm so glad that you got a good enough night of sleep last night to come up with it. <laughs> Sleep is huge. <laughs> but also, I'm now ripping the X-Files music to play every time that you broke Danny's brain during the course of <laughs> sharing that theory. <laughs> Dude, deep in dreamless slumber, uh, undefeated for Shoemaker. What does she say? You are, uh, you are beautiful and uh, uh, 
powerful creature or whatever? Yes. Yes. What is the, what is the line? You're a creature yeah, I mean, of that's beauty and power. A creature of beauty and power. I mean, come on. That's the sort of affirm. You know, you know, you, you know when you say, you, you know, you know, the only time that you've ever heard anyone say you are a creature of beauty and power, it's like looking in the mirror after you've listened to a Tony <laughs> Robbins tape. Like that is, it's looking in the mirror. <laughs> oh my god. Um. All right. Well, so is the podcast over? Do we just end yeah. this now? <laughs> yeah. We'll we see you next recording. season. Uh, yeah. No, we got to get it. We we got to talk more. We got to talk more. Koc. Um. The, I mean, there are a lot of mirrors. Actually, Danny, let's do this. Let's 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 keep KOC on for a little bit. Danny, let's talk mirrors. What are the other mirrors that we saw in this episode? So one, there's just straight up a lot of like actual like actual reflections. Like there is like after Dolores has that whole ambulance episode with Caleb and gets away, they cut to Charlotte staring at a massive eye that is half above ground and half being reflected in a pool. There's every scene, the scene in, with Charlotte and Dolores in the hotel room. There's a, a, two statues that are holding each other uh, in, in a mirror image. The, the door in that room has these double doors. The light switches, weirdly, are like white, black, black, white. Like every little detail when you look at it in the diner, every table has two cups. It's crazy how every single scene basically has either symmetry or actual reflections in a mirror or something, uh, especially that diner scene. But then there's also kind of there's scenes that are kind of mirror each other. So when Charlotte or maybe now naive Dolores is cuddling with Charlotte's son, that mirrors like the that mirrors the Dolores Charlotte cuddling scene. And I think now that actually makes a lot of sense because the same way she's trying to cuddle the kid, it's like the weird relationship between Wyatt and Dolores. And I think they're trying to compare. And then you also get a, a mirror image of the same way that her son looks at Charlotte and says, you're not my mom. Caleb's mom looks at Caleb and is like, you're not my mm-hmm. son. And she said that twice. So I think that there are a lot of reflections between these scenes, too. Yeah. Uh, let's just uh, d- dwell on that Caleb, that k- scene with Caleb's mom for one second, just because you said it. This is, we, we, we were supposed to believe that this is Caleb's mom who abandoned him in the restaurant, yes? Not like an adopted yeah, mom that came later, or is this an open with, question? Uh, I, I don't think, it, I mean, it's an open question because it's Westworld, but in terms of the information they gave us last night, he uh Dolores says that his mom was diagnosed with schizophrenia and that he refers to her as mom in that in the, the hospital um so yeah that is his mom as far as we know so her failing to identify him i mean there's clearly a resonance between those two things and we and what what it's we know for that a she fact said it twice yes what we know for a fact is that charlotte hale is not actually charlotte hale so the kid nathan is correct Right. When he says when he when he questions whether or not that's his mom, then he's, you know, he's sort of comforted, but he's correct. So if it is a mirror image like everything else in this episode, then one would have to believe that despite being, you know, not all there, uh, that that Caleb's mom is correct, too. And if Caleb is not her real son, um, then that could either mean that Caleb is some sort of host proxy thing like we discussed last week's last week or i guess you can make the case that as she is like dying caleb's mom is somehow breaking the system a little bit like that she's like fading out of consciousness and what she's realizing is that nobody is her is the real anybody right that if they're in a simulation if they're in a mirror world she can look at caleb and say you're not a real anything i have a theory on this go i think so Dolores takes him out to the pier and tells him that that's where he was going to kill himself in 10 to 12 years. This is where you kill yourself. 
I think he's already dead. The system runs a predictive algorithm. Given your history of depression, your mother's mental illness, your proficiency with firearms, and your fondness for the ocean, the most likely outcome is you take your own life in 10 to 12 years. Here. No. Fuck that. You can't know that. Are they wrong? You never come back here, middle of the night, think things over. I think he already died, and that's why his mom didn't recognize him. For a few reasons, I mean, we had a, I mean, a lot of people pointed out that there were a lot of similarities between his loop, so to speak, in episode one and Dolores's from season one. Uh, there's a lot of weird imagery, but really, when he's being held off that ledge at his construction site, and his heart's racing, they're giving him like a simulated heart attack, and he's being held off the ledge, he has those flashbacks. Yeah. And the flashbacks are so similar to what happened to like Bernard when he was remembering his life. William, Delore, like so many characters have had those. They're very hosty. And then there's also just like we know he's got shot in the head. Like the first episode of the season, a guy points a gun at him and he, and he literally is like, "You wouldn't be the first person to shoot me in the head." So yeah. we know that. We know that he was with his buddy Kid Cuddy, and Kid Cuddy didn't make it. It's kind of plausible that he got shot and did not make it, and they recreated his consciousness because apparently you can do that so easily that Kid Cuddy can be turned into like a customer service therapist to call his friend because the VA doesn't have enough therapists. So if that's possible, it's not that much of a stretch to think that it's possible with Caleb. And then the, the thing, honest to God, the thing that makes me think it's so for real is the milkshake because they lingered for so long on that pink milkshake, that strawberry milkshake <laughs> for so long. It's like, why would they do that? Well, Ever since the first season, we've always seen like red and white mixing, blood and white li- and milk mix in the first season. Every time there's an important host human contact, uh, the intro for the first season, it's like a host being dunked in white. We see host being dunked in white so much. This season, that title sequence is a white host being dunked into red, into blood. You know, host human hybrids, the pursuit of like not being able to die and living forever. That was like the main point of season two and kind of where this is all going is about humans don't want to die. So maybe the people just love strawberry milkshakes. And the whole reason they lingered on that milkshake for so long was strawberries are important. Or maybe it's an excuse to get the pink liquid there as a foreshadowing of Caleb is the mixing of white and red. And then when they go out on the pier, the pier itself is a pretty important place because we know. I mean, look, this is a show made by Jonathan Nolan and his wife, Lisa Joy, who is the brother of Christopher Nolan, who made Inception. And Inception, beach is, the beach is quite literally the edge of consciousness. And then in season two, they basically ripped that idea from Inception for this season when Bernard wakes up on the beach. And season two, the beach is very much also the edge of consciousness. The pier is beyond the beach, and they have a big overhead shot making that clear. And the conversation is kind of happening beyond the edge of consciousness. And if that sounds galaxy brain for you, how, what is the last thing Caleb says? I'm a dead man either way. At least this way. I get to decide who I want to be. Dolores is like, do you want to join my revolution? And Caleb says, yeah, I'm a dead man either way. Oh. Oh, oh that's good. What mm. do you think? Caleb, KOC, Caleb is, you, you, you mentioned Caleb up top. Aaron Paul, your guy. What, what do you what do you think we're dealing with? I mean, I watched this episode and I think about the moment when they turn his adrenaline up and put yeah. him in essentially cardiac arrest. And I thought to myself, 
what's really different from him than the host. If he's actually human, it seems like there's not all of him is they, they know everything that he, he does. They know his entire history. They know his future, or at least they can make a, a strong prediction of what his future is going to look like. They can kill him on the spot if they need to, uh, what is really the difference? He seems like, as Danny alluded to, that blend of white and red. He's sort of a hybrid of human and hosts. Yeah, there's there's something. I mean, talk about the, Danny mentioned those like host like flashbacks that he was having. There was one yes. little back to back as he was being dangled over the roof, where um, it looks like he there are like two masked dudes holding holding a gun at him. Two things. One, both those masked guys are in like ski masks that have eyes printed all yes. over them. I mean, yes. really conspicuously. Just eyes. And two, the dude holding the gun at him is a hundred percent Aaron Paul. That is Aaron Paul under the mask. Like I have, they, they, it goes right from that to a picture to Aaron Paul's actual face. If you look at it, I don't. I mean, hmm. they could be trying to trick us, but like those are some light ass eyes with some light eyebrows, and that is probably Kid Cudi standing right behind him. Um. Uh, there's there is definitely some like misdirection about i mean you don't have flashbacks like that without intentional misdirection at least not in this show i don't know what we're dealing with wait when it do comes you think wait Paul. sorry do you are you saying that caleb killed kid cuddy and now kid and the kid cuddy now gets caleb's body no i just think it's i mean that that could be i just think it's something more like caleb and kid cuddy were actually like black ops evil dudes and that's why the government owns them or something you know like they actually did the crimes that they're remembering as things being done he did things being that he caleb remembers as something being done to him um and he's like not a good guy just like with dolores she had all those memories of of wyatt and didn't realize yeah. she was wyatt so yeah i think these two yeah, have a lot more in common because they made it seem like he was a soldier and they they make that weird comment of like, thank you for your service. And the more we see of those flashbacks, the more sketchy that work seems. Yeah. It's weird that he had, that he would be like a soldier and his entire, like so far, all of his flashbacks only at military flashbacks only add up to like one scene with some dudes holding a gun on each other. You know I mean? There's no like battlefield. I think someone know, died in that, whether it's him or, or what happened. Like, I, I think that either that, that is the place he died because I think that, Without going too into this, basically, I think his the scene with his diner and when he was a child and the, and his mother abandoning him seems to very much be the cornerstone like memory, whether it's he's human hybrid or whatever. Humans and hosts in the show clearly have cornerstone memories uh, that they're built around. But it seems that humans so like William has the cornerstone, it seems to be of his wife passing away. But then he also has a second memory. And I think that Caleb also has two memories. I think there's the cornerstone of him and getting abandoned by his mom and then the second one is also the cornerstone i mean it's called corner for a reason there can be two corners huh interesting stuff all right we're gonna roll on from here koc any parting thoughts before we let you go i'm already excited for episode four guys i'm i'm loving this season i'm i i wish more people loved that westworld right now i I think if you dropped out season two people gotta come back in season three i'm loving it wait koc before you go who what nba player is dolores (laughs) <laughs> Kawhi Leonard. It's got to be Kawhi Leonard. Well, what if what if you take Shoemaker's <laughs> thing about being split into two personalities? <laughs> uh, LeBron and Bronny James. I don't know. <laughs> no, 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 no. I think I think I think KOC is right. I think it's I think it's like I think it's Spurs Kawhi and Clippers Kawhi. <laughs> oh yeah. <laughs> oh my god. 
We need a we need we need somebody with Photoshop skills to put Kawhi Leonard in two different uniforms, spooning himself in bed, and then we'll be done. Um, <laughs> if only KOC, someone on this podcast had Photoshop skills. KOC, we you're still doing the mismatch every week on the yep. on the uh, Ringer NBA show feed. What else should we look out for? Uh, just writing every week still, even though NBA season isn't happening. Uh, still writing every week. Uh, we're going through like the best moments of the NBA season on on the website, and um, yeah, I, I got something on Giannis next week, and that's been fun to do. Um, and just for the record, who would have won the NBA championship if the season had continued? Lakers. Wow. And, and they still might if we get some cool tournament, if we're able to play basketball, professional basketball later in the summer. Hopefully. That, that would be a good uh, sign of progress for the world. You know, Surratt could make this. This is, by the way, how Rehoboam comes into power. Because at a moment like this, some dude named Surratt is like, well, I can give you the NBA playoffs. That's yeah, not a exactly. problem at all. Yes. Everybody, just, everybody walk right through this door, and you can see all of your favorite basketball players play. And we're all just like, fuck yeah. And the next thing we know... <laughs> <laughs> that's it we're in a simulation anyway KOC thank you for stopping by we will talk to you again really soon man thank you so much guys have you ever questioned the nature of your reality alright well I think that we answered just about all of our big questions with KOC uh, we'll get into some of them we're going to the next category here is stupid questions I feel more passionately than ever that there's no stupid questions in this show all of the things yeah. I put in here were more like minor questions than stupid questions um, but first of all, I want Danny, if you, maybe we can work on this together, but can you break down the entire missing control units mole situation that those Delo security dudes told Charlotte about? Oh, uh, so, so Dolores stole the control units from Westworld and those are the ones she has with her, right? Those bouncy balls. I mean, those look like the best bouncy balls you would ever have had as a kid. And so Dolores stole them and uh-huh. then the security team comes to Charlotte and says, Hey, we're missing those. And also we think there's a mole, like the process of looking for them. They realize there's a mole. And then Charlotte's like, Oh no, who's the mole. And then at the end of the episode, we realize Charlotte was the mole. So the real human Charlotte had agreed to steal Delos data for Ciroc. And that goes back to like season one with Teresa and the satellite link. And then yeah, season yeah, yeah. two. Right. Okay. So yeah, yeah so, it was all so that's that. been going on forever. But so, yes. but so, step by step, what happened was those two guys in this episode, those two guys came in and they're like, hey, we got a problem. Somebody with a really high, you know, someone way up on the food chain has stolen some control units. And that oh. means, and that means that there's a leak or there's a mole. And Charlotte in that moment doesn't know that she herself is the mole because she yes. hasn't, because she's host Charlotte. Yes. So she knows she a no lot about herself, but she doesn't know that much. Yeah, the, and well, then, the same way she didn't know she had a son. Right. And then she finds out at the end that she was the mole all along. That much I get. Here's what I don't get. But what they're talking about is stolen control units. They're not talking about all the stuff that was inside Peter Abernathy, which is literally how she's the mole, right? Like, they know there's a mole, but they're pointing at something different. Yeah. I don't think these security guys are great. I'm going to be honest. Okay. You know what? <laughs> they haven't done a lot of good work. And mm-hmm. then she also kind of just admitted it and was like, yeah, it might be the mole, but I know where you guys were. Oh, yeah, and it's like, true. they don't really follow up. Like these guys seem like classic, you know, kind of like not really concerned about the company. Like, you know, they're security, but it seems like a pretty cushy job. seems like they never really had to do much. Like it, I'm not, I'm not like really nothing in this series has sold me on the competence of Delo security. Yeah, I guess that's true. Um, 
okay, one, a couple more questions, or maybe just one big question about that one. What, why in that moment is it not obvious that, I mean, why would they not just assume that it's evil Bernard Lowe who stole the stuff since he's being blamed for everything that happened? Or have we not on the timeline gotten to the point where we're blaming him for everything yet? Oh man, you're saying, oh, 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 are you saying that like, that the, uh, the board meeting we saw might've been after the events of this episode? Well, I, no, I don't know this, about that because this is a, that, this is a really important question. When, the board meeting from episode one, where does that happen in terms of this show? Because oh, we because know, the, yeah, we know it wasn't the whole episode because right. Or what uh, is it? So, I, so basically <laughs> what so you're saying confused. is that, okay. So the first scene, she makes Charlotte and then explains what's up to Charlotte. That's definitely from a while ago because she made right. Charlotte. Then we advance forward in time and we assume is after the events of episode one. But the weird part of episode one is we saw that there was this ghost seat at the board meeting and we didn't know who that represented and Charlotte had the proxy. And then in this episode, we learn that Charlotte, that there's a massive part of the board that is controlled by Ciroc. So it, you're asking if Ciroc is the person in that board meeting? Well, yeah, I mean, that could be one answer. We assumed it was the man in black or something as the proxy, but if, but if Ciroc is in fact the proxy, the end of this episode makes it clear why, why Charlotte would have his vote, right? And so, then, and then and so, so that board meeting would happen, would happen after the events of all of the events of this episode, unless there's some secret flash forward in there. Basically, the first episode, so I know that in that meeting, she talks about taking the company private. And then in this episode, when she's first told about Ciroc, I, I believe Irene, I, f I forget the name for assistant. Um, yeah, Irene. Or number two. Yeah, Irene is telling her, we cannot take the company private. So I don't know. It, 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 that at first made me think, oh, yeah, no, this is still in sequential order. The board meeting already happened. Although I suppose that that could have been a private conversation that Charlotte's like, no, we're pressing on. We're going to take it private. And that's why she's pushing it through. Uh, so I, it's more possible than I thought, actually, that this episode happened before episode one. I... As I was rewatching, I, I would not have thought that. Well, I feel like there was something at the end of the show that made me think that there was stuff that happened afterwards. But now I can't even remember. This whole thing is such a brain, a mind bender. Um, but yeah, I mean, it does make a certain amount of sense that if at some point in, in the future they decide to blame Bernard for everything, then that's when they send Bernard away, you know, the, to the Philippines or whatever. That that's that gets all the heat off of Charlotte, et cetera, et cetera. Like maybe that's just the answer. Because right now they're like, I don't know who it could be. And it would be, it seems like if this was after the board meeting, then why not just be like, yeah, it was the dude who was responsible for everything. Why would he not be the obvious choice for the person that stole the control units? Anyway. Yeah, that's not bad. But they also said that they took a bunch of, they took several control units. Most of them were low level, but one of them was Maeve, who was significant. I'm not sure. Well, not a little bit confusing. as missing. Right. But, I, but why, why those, like, what's the distinction? Obviously, Maeve has been around longer. But like, what what would a low level host be, and why would Charlotte have wanted those? Like, who were we talking about? Just like her oh, dad no, no, would have I been relatively the, I low think they're, level. They're confusing the ones. I don't think they were saying Charlotte stole those. They were saying that there are there are host control units missing, okay. and they can't have IP unaccounted for. Those are the ones Dolores stole. Oh right, okay. And they're saying those are bit players, which again is a hint to it could be Peter, or it could be Teddy, or guys who don't matter, or you know what I mean, and. That's I think that's what they were talking about. So there's I guess I, I guess it's to weird me, it's because like, I Charlotte don't know why. stole stuff on two levels. The real human Charlotte was stealing data out of the park. And the host Charlotte is one of the host units, or at least we thought that was stolen. Yeah. OK, so let's talk about Charlotte a little bit. Why? 
this is a stupid question, I guess. That's what the, that's the section that we're in. Why is Ciroc not aware that he's talking to a host? Like, why is how is nobody in a, in this world aware that? Like, I mean, shouldn't Ciroc of all people realize this is not a human standing before him? I think there's two answers. Either he does, right, or he doesn't because Dolores is is unpredictable, which is his original problem. Like the driving action, it doesn't feel this way, but I believe the driving action of the season is that. This world is perfectly controlled and predicted by Rehobolum. Reho- Am I getting it? Rehobolum? And no, you're Rehobolum. adding an L as usual, but Damn go it. on. Damn it. The wor- AI is perfectly predicting everything that's happening, but Dolores can't be predicted. So including she, Dolores is the one who killed Charlotte, and Dolores is the one who created new Charlotte. So those were not accounted for in Serac's world, so Serac doesn't know. Or he knows. I don't think there's an in-between. Okay. Uh... A couple more Charlotte questions. We got to roll forward. But w- number one, why is smoking allowed in the year 2053 or whatever? this? Dude, is? right? She's just ripping cigs indoors. And I'm like, this is how is that? First of all, why wouldn't they be vaping? Are you telling me cigarettes have come back and you can smoke? In, it doesn't make any sense. Can I can I answer the question that I just asked? Yes. If they're living inside a simulation, why does it matter? Be, dude, but like because. Isn't the similar best argument enough, for it? If you if you're going if if someone offers for you to go live inside of Mirror World, aren't the greatest arguments in favor of it one that you can see who won the NBA Finals and two that you can like smoke and drink and do whatever no, and there's no lasting simulated lung damage. cancer. Yeah, I guess I guess so. Um, all right, one more question about Charlotte. Uh, I mean, I still have, I okay, keep going. Well, you can ask as many as you want. I have one. Hit me. Can we talk for a minute about how her ex husband? Uh, well, you can actually re- you can re- refuse to answer this question. When she goes into her apartment and realizes she has a, a ex husband and a child, her ex husband calls her Charlie. Oh my God! I know where you're going with this already. We spent so long mind. last season oh trying to God. figure out if if Bernard or Arnold's you know now dead child was was the same person as Charlotte because there's a simi- simi- there's a similarity between the names Charlotte and Charlie. And now someone is actually we we just we threw that out the window. But now we there is someone actually calling her Charlie. I'm not going to lie. I did not make that connection until you're telling me this right now. And I it's such a specific thing to call her. Because Arnold's son was named Charlie. And wow, if there's a connection there, that would be kind of wild. Um, do you have any Charlotte questions you want to voice here before we move on? Because I don't I don't know if we really need to relitigate that theory other than just to say it. I'd like to call out her parenting because the kid asks Charlotte, you know, the kid, the kid asks, why won't you take me to see the elephants? And she's like, well, they're extinct. And that's a really good answer. But I understand, like, this wasn't real Charlotte. But the kid asked it in a way that clearly he's been told no before. And I understand any other parent could not just, you know, create more elephants. But Charlotte Hale is the only person in the world who could get this done. She's the CEO of the company that creates life. Not only that. She, they have elephants in Raj World, so there are host elephants. And she's already agreed to smuggle out like four million host mines for like an inconsequent, like an incomprehensible amount of money for this trillionaire. You can't sneak out one elephant for your kid, or I don't know, bring your kid to the, see the elephants. Yeah, that's that's important. But yeah, who knows? She's never who taken knows? her son to see the elephants. Come on. Well, she I, has, I she does her own thing when she's in there. You know, I'm not sure that she really wants to involve her child in that. That's a, you know, that's a good point. Inviting Teresa to see those meetings with Hector. Yeah, exactly. Um, all right. What else do we need to figure out? Um, 
Who was the guy in the park who Charlotte killed who, with the dog? It was was that was that a was that just a creepy like I think guy he's just who a creep talks to kids and, in the um, park? I am thoroughly uninterested in any theories on this creep. I think he was a creep. He was just a creep. He's not a secret operative from one of these companies. I thought that at first, but no, I, th- I think he's just a creep. I think he's just a guy that was killed. All right. And, and do you want to talk at all about, I don't know, what other animals are extinct now or what kind of privacy laws that, that were passed to stop the growth of Rehoboam? Or, or do, we, do we, is it, we just leave that stuff where it lies? I mean, well, yeah, they referenced before privacy laws were passed. I'm like, I don't feel like the privacy laws are super stringent or well enforced. I don't know about you. I, I didn't get the vibe. I wasn't like, oh, yeah, there's strong privacy laws now and they had to do all this before. Didn't yeah, but it does, it does seem like there was, I mean, I guess the implication is there was like a big, you know, omnibus, like hey, the internet stopped stealing our data law of like 2025 or something. Anyway, um, let's move on. Let's give out our awards for this episode. Yes. And now I finally understand what you were trying to tell me. Award number one. What was the biggest, most shocking, biggest or most shocking reveal of episode three? Uh, Do you have any suggestions here? I mean, I think Charlotte was the mole and was real human. Charlotte was the mole and feeding stuff to Ciroc was a big one that I that that was interesting, especially because Charlotte not knowing it. Charlotte having a kid. That was a brutal scene. That was just hard to watch, especially because after all, like the hosts are the ones who've been brutalized watching this kid talk to like invasion of a body snatcher's mother was the most demonic stuff the host I have ever done. I just watched that movie, the 70 the 78 version of it this week. Well, uh it's a fantastic film, but go on. Well, no, it's just that it was de- that was demonic. That was truly, you know, like, you know, Dolores likes to talk about them being gods. That was some devil stuff. Like this kid's talking to his a ghost of his dead mother who's not his mom. And like that was the first time I really viewed anything the host had done in a truly evil light. So, like, that was a sick reveal. Um, I also was really bummed about the elephants being extinct. That was mm-hmm. a tough reveal. That was too real. But I definitely think my the biggest one for me was Ciroc being a hologram. I think that blew. I did not. Yeah, see I mean, that, that, that was we've had that question for approximately seven days or whatever. But like, that is a real question that we had that was finally revealed to be true. Um and so I'm I'm tempted to say that too. I mean, I think the mole thing was just sort of the question with inside the episode and blah blah blah. I, I think I think Ciroc being a hologram, we're going to be dealing with that. I think for a uh, for several. I mean, for the rest of the season, kind of like teasing out what that means, right? I I mean, I sure hope. So. I think it'll come up again. Yes. Do you know now who you've been talking to? Let's see what else we got here. Uh, award number two, best quote of the episode or monologue, of course. Um, do you have any what, what's your what's your top one or two? Um, I mean, there's patience is the most overrated virtue from Ciroc. Mm-hmm. That was sick. And then Dolores saying, you know, by not investing, they ensure the outcome to Caleb on the pier was cool. But I think the, the clear winner here is Charlotte choking the dude to death and then telling her kid, you are my sunshine. That was easily the best line of the episode. Yeah. Yeah, I think that some of the stuff I quoted up top, some of the things that uh, that that Charlotte said. I mean, there, there's a, I mean, Dolores. There's some good Dolores lines when she's talking to when she's talking to uh, Caleb. She's like, "They put you in a cage, decided what your life was going to be. They did the same thing to me." I mean, there's some definitely some some meaningful stuff in there. But I'll let you I'll let you have the award this episode. Hard, I, uh, like well, I, I like that. I like that. Don't let me do whatever you want. The harder I squeeze, the more I remember. Squeeze oh, away. Yeah, dude. that one's good. That's great. That's fantastic. All right, award number three. The This Maze Was Not Meant For You Award for the Dumbest oh Human. Oh, my God. 
Ooh, every human, every human who's outside. I mean, everybody that pops up is just like a Keystone cop. Um, the EMTs who don't know anything about being EMTs. So my brother is a firefighter and has EMT training and has been an EMT. And he had thoughts on this scene. And one, he says that that's a little real and that the more we rely on tech, the worse we are in the field. And two, that ambulance looks sick, but you would never want a gray ambulance. Oh, that makes sense. Yeah, no, I thought that was an astute point. Um, but they don't get it. The cop who didn't help his partner is the dumbest human maybe of, of the series, and I don't say that lightly. Oh, like because, the fake cop or the sketchy yeah, the, cop, whatever? the two fake cops roll up, and then they get into the scuffle, and I almost called him Jesse, Caleb, Aaron Paul, whatever, is tackling his partner. He literally is holding a gun, looks down at his partner, and just walks to Dolores like it's not happening. He could have just at- iced Caleb right there, easiest thing in the world, literally just walks back to him like it's nothing's happening. It was the most inexplicable thing I have seen on this show, and I don't totally, say that lightly. I totally agree. There was almost something, dare I say, robotic about the way he, the, yes. that the guy going for Dolores was doing it. It's like he was just following a plan or just, you know, and, and you're following a, a program, and, and he walked towards her and, and totally neglecting everything else. Um, There's a certain point where there, there are so many weird, dumb decisions that humans make in this show that I almost think it has to be a simulation because well, – it's the only way they could retcon certain dumb stuff that happens. Yeah, the implication for that scene, obviously, was that these guys picked up a RICO assignment. Whether or not they're real cops, I'm tempted to believe they're not, but that they were pretending to be cops because they, they said yes to the RICO app when they about Are going you saying to get he Dolores. Wanted his, he wanted the guy to die so that he didn't have to split the money? No, 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 no. I'm, what I'm saying is at some point we have to, and we can do this maybe on a future episode, at some point we actually have to wrestle with the fact that like the, that Rico is part of this simulation. Like the Rehoboam like, is, is not turning a blind no, eye Jonathan to this. Like, this is part of the world. This. It's on the blockchain. I think it's separate from Rehoboam. And that's not been said in the show, but Jonathan Nolan said it on like, uh, like you, stuff on the Westworld YouTube channel. I believe it's on the blockchain. And okay. it's not been explained, but I don't think it's connected to Rehoboam. Well, speaking of Rico, there were the two other guys who uh, who snatched Caleb from his mom's hospital room. <laughs> and then, yeah, I mean, th- those guys were pretty dumb, too. I think that the winner or the fake cop, the, the, the winners or the or the cops who got iced. But yeah, they bought um, the guys who kidnapped Caleb, took him to. I don't, I'm so confused by this scene. We should have talked about this earlier. They end up. Am, am I correct in saying they end up at the place where Caleb works or seem to have previously worked in episode so one? I think what they were, so I think what they were going for is if that Caleb thro- gets falls from that, it wouldn't be suspicious because it was his workplace. And I guess it's not a workplace accident at midnight, but I guess it would have been oh. a place for him to commit suicide. That isn't suspicious. But the flip side is that they're, literally doing a thing from a christopher nolan movie where yeah the dark knight rises literally the first scene is they're pointing guns at people as they go to sh- put throw them out of a plane and then bane is like why would you shoot a man before throwing him out of a plane and that was all i could think about during this scene because they're threatening to throw him off and giving him a heart attack and pointing a gun at him and i'm like guys you only need one of these things yeah do more bane yeah. voice more bane voice from hyphens <laughs> real quick come on do a whole oh, spiel <laughs> Eat your fiber. <laughs> All right. Um, yeah, that was a very weird, very hard to parse scene. I really thought he had moved on to other jobs, but I guess he's just interviewing for other jobs. Speaking of Caleb. Oh, I have one other Caleb question for you. We got to get out of here. Guys, gals, everyone. Wait, what happened to your to Caleb question? 
I'm going to ask you at the end of this. This is something that one to grow on. Thank you for listening to the show. Email us your questions, your comments, your your theories about Danny Hyvitz's hair. The uh, Recapables at, Westworld at gmail.com. Yeah, that's Join right, the right. revolution. <laughs> the Bane's somehow um, British now. I don't understand. We're just going to go. We're, we're going to we're gonna fade to black with us arguing about this. <laughs> Why did Dolores saved Caleb from being thrown off the roof, and then they're walking down the street to go to the diner, and it's day. It was night oh, when that's... she saved him. It was day then five seconds later. I feel like that's just one of the things the show gets away with because everything might be explainable and then at the end it's i think it was just an editing thing but you know it, it that's i think honestly i think that's one of the things people get frustrated with your inclination is oh well that's it's a simulation who knows they didn't notice but no it's probably just an editing mistake but also they're so meticulous about this i don't know that's a really good question there's a there's a way that you can totally piece this whole see, season together so far where like dolores somehow meets caleb before she is rescued by caleb but then wipes his mind or something and that's what I—that—that's that, how I'm trying to figure out. That, that's why I'm trying to make like get this, you know, have there be a justifiable change of time. But who knows? Who knows? Uh, I'm done with my theories for this week. I hope you're done with yours. We'll see you on Tuesday, aka Wednesday, for ten foil. Uh, no, we'll see you on Wednesday for ten foil Tuesdays, the happiest day of the week. Uh, and then we'll see you again one week from today, right after episode four. We'll be back with more justifiable madness. See you then. Madness. Thank you.